Hail to the Podcast is brought to you by GameTime, your new go-to app for the best deals on last-minute tickets. Ticket prices drop right before the game starts, and because GameTime tracks prices in real time from thousands of trusted sellers, they are able to show you the best last-minute deals with prices up to 60% off. With GameTime, you can buy your tickets in just two taps. You know what I wish I could do in just two taps? Clean my house. Maybe I need Roomba. Two taps, house is clean, watch sports all day. Sounds great, doesn't it? But until then, I've got Game Time. The Game Time app is simple, quick, and easy to navigate. Download the Game Time app in the Google Player App Store and score last minute deals on tickets up to 60% off. Oh man, I was wrong. I was trying to look at the glass half full last week and yet another Redskins L. First, what are your thoughts on that game? Oh man. Um, you know, like you said, I, I, I try to do the same thing, Aaron. I try to look at this as a game for us to get, you know, get our groove back, get our mojo going. You know, you got everything to play for. You're at home, young fellas first start. Um, you're playing a team that's not very good, who's been struggling. Um, and what do you do? You help them. Get their groove back. This was supposed to be us getting our groove back. And so I'm a little disappointed, Aaron. I can't lie. Um, you know, I don't know if a lot of my listeners know. Hopefully they do. Um, you know, I'm, I'm on a show, Good Morning Football Weekend. And, you know, we got all these picks where we pick games. And I was in the lead. And, you know, I Uh-oh. take my picks very seriously. So when I pick the Redskins, I really believe they're going to win. Yeah. Um, this is the second time or the third time I've picked the Redskins and I've really felt like they've had a chance to win. And man, they, they, they disappointed me. Aaron. like you just said, they absolutely disappointed me. Um, you know, we, we, we have to be better as a football team. Um, you know, if we want to win football games and, and even speaking of that, uh, I know you have a clip you're going to play a little bit later on um, about Morgan Moses, but I mean, I was a little bit, pissed off at the way they responded that offensive line responded to uh Dwayne Haskins plea uh plea for help could be be, you know because that's what I saw it as I saw it as a plea saying fellas help me help me like help me help y'all what can we do and for those guys to not utter a word out of their mouths man that that's a little disturbing Brandon Sheriff wears a C on his chest um I would have loved for him to say something because that kid needed to hear something from those guys and from that clip. Um, I mean, I couldn't hear anything. I mean, it almost looked like they weren't really supportive. You kind of see Morgan say something, but the guys are all looking around at each other like, uh, for real. Um, and of course we had a chance. Uh, I, I spoke to Morgan Moses in the locker room today. Here's what he had to say. He said he talked to Dwayne Haskins even after the game last night and they have a good relationship Here's what Moses had to say about the situation. Well, I, I, I mean, if you look at the video, I was talking to him at the end, and I, and because I, I understand him, I understand the kid. I, I've been, I've, I've talked to him. I talked to him last night after the game on the phone, 
And um, just we have a relationship. So I, I told him, I was like, hey, look, dude, like there's some things that 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 you might not see that we see. And, you know, and I, I knew when he came over there, his intentions and, and everybody else might not have known. But I knew what he was asking. And it wasn't like you guys got to do better. It was like, hey, kind of help me feel this out because I, I need some direction. And that's what we're here for as veterans and, and guys that have been here and been in the league and seen all these exotic looks. All right, so Moses was basically saying when you have seven mm-hmm. defenders and five protectors, two men are going to be free, and he was kind of defending the offensive line. What was your take on the whole situation? I mean, Morgan Moses knows it, it works hand-in-hand hand with who you release out in the route, meaning how many eligible receivers you have versus who protects. There's 11 guys on the field. If you have five men in protection, count the quarterback, that's six. Figure out the math about who else is out there. So I understand what Morgan's saying by saying they're sending seven. But as a defensive guy, when we send seven, somebody needs to be, you know what I mean? As DBs, we're trying not to let that guy who singled up, which is all of us when you send seven, uh, 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 lose their one-on-one as a defender. As an offensive guy, you're taught, hey, dude, you're at an advantage. It's like one-on-ones. You should win. Um, And so if they're sending seven, these receivers – have to win these tight ends, these running backs out the backfield. Um, I don't know what particular play I, I, you know, for me to sit here and really delve into, well, they had five, you know, they had seven man protection right. on play six, play seven. I haven't done that, but I know football enough to say if you're protecting with five and they're sending seven, somebody should be free. So you should be able to hit your hot route. Um, you should be able to, uh, you know, have a guy break on an outbreaking route or run some type of route. And I'll even I'll even take it a step further. You remember when we were criticizing Sam Donald for seeing ghosts mm-hmm. in that in that game against the Patriots? Yeah. All the Patriots were doing was sending seven. It was an all yeah. out blitz. Everyone else was left to cover. My critique of that was simply Sam Donald and Jets offensively. You have to put these guys in routes, the receivers in routes that allow them to break. Because as a defender, when I'm playing zero coverage and I have no help, when a guy breaks inside, outside, and I have to react to him, because that's what a defender does. I have to react to that offensive guy's move. That's their advantage. And so for us to not be able to scheme up a way to um, to get guys open is a little frustrating. Um, you know, as I've been saying with this, Offense. Coming off the bye week, I expected a lot more from this team. Oh, me too. Callahan. Uh, that me was too. atrocious. I mean, it was the same garbage they've been rolling out every week, and you had extra time to prepare. I and mean, you practice. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't yeah. like you told the guys, hey, man, get away from football like I said. Get away from football. Relax your minds. Relax your bodies. Um, and then come back ener- energized and ready to go, right? That's always right. the message to teams. Teams that are struggling. Teams that are doing great. Um Obviously, that wasn't New England's message because they practiced too. But their result was a little bit different than ours. We practiced (laughs) and we still look the exact same. So that's either one, the guys in the locker room are like, man, F that. I didn't feel like we needed that practice anyway. And they were sluggish because of it. Or two, Mm. a lot of these guys are checked out for the most part. I mean, we're one in nine. I mean, I've been a part of teams who've, who've been playing for nothing. And I've seen the look in some of my teammates' faces and saw that they were mailing it in. And I was better off playing with other guys. Um, That's why I think I'm so well-respected, Aaron. And I don't mean to toot my own horn, 
but it didn't matter what the score was. It didn't matter what the record was. I always wanted the best dude because I wanted that challenge week in and week out. I didn't care about the records. I wanted to win anytime I stepped on the field. Um, and I tried to compete that way. I, you know, I watched guys like London Fletcher and, and, and countless other, other, yeah. uh, you know, old head guys do it in front of me. And so for me, that was the standard, no matter what you went out there and you performed because you were always on the chopping block, especially well, myself being a high priced guy. You always, you either balled, even though the team didn't win, you either balled as a individual player or when that season was over, you were in that office trying to figure out, well, we want to cut your salary or, well, we don't think you're worth X, Y, Z. And every year, it was almost a contract year. No matter what your contract said, if you had three years left, two years left, it didn't matter. You were out there trying to ball because you knew you could get cut or they would ask you to take a pay cut or, you know what I mean, all those mm -hmm. different things. And that's that's not what we're seeing. We haven't seen the guys um, we feel like uh, 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 held accountable for their actions on the field because, you know, we got the same salary cap as every other team. Why are we as bad as we are? True. Circling back to that video of Haskins, you know, and his plea for help with the offensive line, and they're all kind of just looking, nobody's really talking, and he's saying, what can I do to help you? For a rookie to approach some veterans like that, I don't blame him in that situation, and, and the sacks are mounting for Haskins, but I don't know. I mean, what was your initial reaction to that? Because it kind of felt like they're like, listen, rookie, you need to shut up by the look on your face. And you know what, Aaron? That's what's frustrating because that's the vibe I got too. I got that vibe from them, but I love the vibe from him because that's yeah. what you want. You want a guy to show you it means something to him. He hasn't not just out. sit He's over not there moping. Nah, because yeah. he knows he's tied to how how well he does. Like he's going to be labeled a bust or he's going to be labeled as a guy you can work with or a guy who the next coach, whoever that is, does not want to work with um, if he doesn't show that he's capable. I mean, the dude was sacked six times, Aaron. I mean, at that point, yeah, I'm coming up too. like, hey, man, what I mean, what do we need to do? Like at one point I saw Morgan stick his hand out and almost try to dap him up. And I saw Dwayne kind of swipe it away like, nah, man, like for real, like what do we need to do? What do we need to change? I've had those kind of conversations with coaches, with players, and, you know, it might not always come off as genuine because you are upset. You're in the heat of the moment. Right. But it just didn't look like those dudes wanted him out there. It, it just seems like, you know, we've always heard he wasn't ready from a not knowing the playbook standpoint. Exactly. Almost like and maybe they that's divided the locker room on. a little bit. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's divided the locker room a little bit to where some guys do want Case. Some guys do want Colt. Some guys do want Dwayne. And from the look on the on, on those guys' faces, it didn't seem like that offensive line wanted Dwayne. They had they probably had other votes. Well, I also wanted to see Haskins, you know, showcase his arm a little bit more. We saw that in the second half when it was like garbage time, basically. I mean, the game was already out of reach. And then when he was making some passes. It, they were called back for penalties and, and Brandon Sheriff and Moses, you know, that wasn't helping uh, the situation because, I mean, Dwayne's probably feeling like, all right, like I'm trying to do my job and then this happens. Um, and, and, just, and No, and I was going to say, I'm going to let you finish, but I'm going I'm to cut you off just to say that's why my philosophy as a leader was never to criticize because mm -hmm. I knew as hard as I try sometimes I'm going to make a mistake. 
I'm right. absolutely jump something. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give up a touchdown because I'm trying so hard to help us win a game. I'm going to make a mistake. I was never critical of guys. Um, I was never personally critical. I was critical from a let's coach it up. Let's try to be better because of it. Let's learn from this. Um, but I was never like, you know, a, a butthole about it because like, you know, like I said, I was a guy who gave up a touchdown pass here or there. I was also a guy who was going to make some plays to make up for that. Anytime I see a guy give up a play, my it's all encouragement. Hey, shake that off, dog. I'm a corner, man. We give up plays all the time. Hey, it's what do you do now? Let's yeah. rebound from that. Let's make a play. And um, that's what and I love so, about football because it is the ultimate team sport. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Like, you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What have you seen from Haskins that you do like? Have you seen some progress? It seemed like he has made some strides. Um, I'm curious what your assessment is after watching – his first home start Sunday. I mean, you know, I, you, you know, I saw some things he could do a lot better. Um, you know, he needs to relax in the pocket sometimes. You know, uh, when 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 defenses are sending a lot of guys at you, it's hard sometimes to stand in there and trust the process. And that's what he'll continue to get better at. I think that'll help him the most is just understanding the speed, understanding. Um, how in college you might could wait a half a second longer to throw that ball um, because your level of competition was a little bit different versus the NFL or seeing a defense he thinks is one is one defense and just getting totally fooled um, right. and seeing that it's something completely different. Uh, those are the learning things that I wanted Dwayne to start learning as right. a rookie so that he didn't have to learn it next year with the new coach, with the new offense. Um, I just wanted him to grow. It's the reason, you know, Sam Darnold's better this year than he was last year. Um, I was about to say the same for Baker Mayfield, but that's not that hasn't been the case for mm -hmm. him because his numbers have taken a dramatic hit from 27 touchdowns to a couple weeks ago. He had seven, um, you know, so, you know, you want young quarterbacks to play because at, at that position, knowledge is power. You know, that's the reason Tom Brady and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger, all these older quarterbacks are considered really, really good. Russell Wilson, I can throw in that category. Um, you know, it's because they've seen a lot of defenses. They've seen a lot of what coordinators are trying to do. You almost don't even follow teams um, when you become a veteran in this league. I remember I kept a notebook that had nothing to do with the team I was playing. Who's that offensive coordinator? Who is it? What tree is he from? Okay. And I had a little binder. Oh, let me just keep turning the pages to that coordinator. Like, that. like Kyle yeah. Shanahan. Why would I just follow the 49er? No, nah, I'm going to follow Kyle wherever he was at. I knew Kyle when he was in Houston. I knew Kyle when he was in Cleveland. When he came to us, I was like, all right, cool. I kind of know a little bit of you, you know your offense. I like it. And so for me, it's not about following that particular coach. I mean, I'm sorry, following that particular team. It's about following that coach. And so Dwayne has started putting a book together to say, all right, this coordinator likes to do this. Because he's going to see Greg Williams again at some point, you know. Right. Might not be with the Jets, but he's going to see him. Um, yeah. And so That's you start to create that, that tree yeah. of, of, of of what those uh, coaches like to do. Who taught you to do that? And knowledge is power. I mean, just some of the old guys. Um, yeah. You know, some of the older guys. You know, when I was in Atlanta, Allen Rossum, Kevin Mathis, um, Aaron Beasley. You know, all of these veteran corners, um, you know, the way they played the game, these weren't dudes who were super gifted athletically, especially by the time I got a chance to play with them. Um, you know, these were eight, nine, ten year veterans um, 
who weren't the fastest guys on the field, but seemed to always get to the spot before me. And I'm like, hey, bro, how are you making that play? I run 4-2, you run a 4-7. <laughs> and that's when they told me, like, look, I know where everyone else on this defense is yeah. supposed to be. So I'm not going to jump that route. Why would I jump that route when the linebacker's running to that route? And so, so you know, it's it's those little things that I, I, I hope he starts to pick up on and learn by playing. It's going to be rough, though. It's gonna be yeah. a rough. Uh, it's gonna be a rough start for him. I'm curious what you what your assessment is of this because Bill Callahan said today that the biggest frustration for him is that the team isn't taking practice to the games. Lack of translation from what he sees in good practices to bad game performance. Is that because they've checked out, or I, I don't know, like what's going on? Well, there? I mean, you know, let me let me take the fans into what a practice is. And how you can be, uh, 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 not not confused, but how you can be fooled. Aaron, okay. you've seen practices. Practices are a little bit like you know they're a little bit lackadaisical in a sense of you're going against the scout team guys, you're going against practice squad guys um, that are reading a card. They're asked to not make a play. Don't make a play because we don't want y'all messing up the practice. They're asked to just just be a body essentially. Not to go out there and, and put a hand in your pocket while you're trying to receive the pass or, or try to body you a little bit, hence a little bit of contact, what you're going to do in an actual game. Um, we're both asked on both sides of the ball. Offensively, we're asked. Defensively, we're asked. Um, I can remember Jay Gruden, you know, whenever we get him on the show, hopefully, uh, hopefully soon, I can remember practice with Jay got man, I picked the pass off. And I'm like, Jay, I'm just standing here, dog. Like, I'm not even trying to pick this pass off. Your quarterback threw it right to me. So instead of you being mad that I intercepted the ball, won't you be mad at him for throwing that stupid pass? And, you know, we laughed about it. But that's how practices are. So Coach Callahan can completely have a false sense of of, of, of reality of what he thinks yeah. this team is. They could be in practice. Oh, a ball didn't hit the ground. Yeah, <laughs> I bet it didn't. If you tell that DB not to touch the ball. Like anybody who's played in the, in the NFL understands how practices are. They script for success. They used to tell Kirk Cousins sometimes what coverages we were in. I'm like, bro, how does Kirk always know when I'm sitting in these flats instead of throwing the ball? Like I'm trying all different disguises that's killing Tony Romo, oh. that's killing Peyton Manning in games, wow. but I can't fool Kirk Cousins in practice. <laughs> I'm like, dog, he reading the script. That's the only okay. thing he could do is read the script. He knows yeah. the plays that's coming. And so I understand sometimes you got to have that, and we do it defensively too. Sometimes you got to have that just to get this look versus this coverage and all those kind of things. But the really, really good teams I've been a part of, they competed. They didn't care. Like when mm. Raheem Morris, who hats off to him and what they're doing in, in Atlanta because they were looking like trash they move Rob back to the defensive side, and they look like a different team defensively. Um, they're getting sacks. They're tight in coverage, getting interceptions. Um, you know, he needs to be a head coach somewhere. I'm going to throw that out there. Anybody listening to the Athletic, please go ahead and, and, and start that, that chant to get Raheem Morris another head coaching job because he is a phenomenal coach. Um, but the things he was able to do when he was here uh, um, in Washington – was put guys in position to make plays. And that's, I, I just don't see that 
um, from these coaches and 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 and, and the players, obviously, because we we're we're complaining about them not making plays. Yeah, I want to segue to a couple different topics, but before I do that, let's talk about the defensive side of the ball because Callahan said that Norman, Dunbar, and Moreau were all benched yesterday because he wanted to get a look at other players, so their snaps were limited down the stretch. What do you make of that? Um, That is asinine. <laughs> I, I can't even think silent, of another. Like, I can't even think of another word to say, <laughs> but that is asinine. I mean, I, who are you trying to get a look at? I, that that to me is my question. Quentin Dunbar is still a young player who's learning a lot uh, on the job training. He's balling, but he's still a young dude who needs his reps. Fabian Monroe, same thing. Uh, if you felt like that about Josh Norman, I mean, you had every opportunity. To not bring him back before the season, you had every opportunity to try to trade him, um, and so you didn't. But now you're sitting this. Uh, it's just a lot of back and forth, man. They they they, yeah. they need a direction. They need to figure out what kind of football team they want to be, and they need to do everything in their power to be that football team. Um, I, you know, when, even when I was a part of the team, I felt like we had identity crisis. One time we wanted to be this kind of attacking defense. Then we wanted to be a sit back and, you know, uh, 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 bend but don't break defense. And, you know, then we, you know, then we wanted to be a just, you know, aggressive blitzing type of defense, man. You know, and so it was hard to get the kind of players um, that you needed to be successful because you were constantly always looking for a different type of player. And, you know, the really good teams like the New Englands, man, I, you know, I keep harping back on them, on those guys, but those type of teams, they know who they are. Yeah. And it's not about the player. It's about the scheme. It's bringing the next guy in, but he's the same type of guy. How many of these scat, little scat backs have they had that mm -hmm. all seem to be able to be maybe better route runners than they really are running backs? Oh, wow. New England likes to exploit that matchup. Hmm. How many uh, 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 little slot receivers that are jitterbugs who get in and out of breaks quicker than anybody else that I've ever seen? How many of those type of receivers have they had? Hmm. Quite a, you know, quite a bit. Really, really good ones in West Welker, Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, all the same type. I mean, they have a plan and they stick with it. And that's why they're great. Um that's what you got to do. That's who you have to be. And, you know, like I said, I wanted Jay to keep his job because I felt like when you draft a, a quarterback, the, the best thing you can do is either fire that coach or hire or, 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 or extend him because that coach and that quarterback need to be on the same page. It can't be a conflict of interest where Jay wants to win games. Um, and so he's going to play a guy who's ready to win games as opposed to develop the quarterback because he's, he's trying to keep his job, right? And mm. so, heck, I wouldn't have played Dwayne Haskins either initially. Uh, but once I figured out, hey, that's off the table, then it's up to me to, hey, let, let me develop this guy. Because if I can develop this guy and create a great relationship and rapport with him, that's how I keep my job. I'm showing you guys that we have a chance to win with this guy. And none of that happened. And so, you know, like I said, this organization needs to sit down, come up with the plan and everyone get on board and move forward. And I, I want to talk to you about that in just a second. But before we get to that, Monte Nicholson was on the field Sunday after the tragic yeah. event that happened with his um, female friend who died and he, you know, allegedly took her to the hospital. Um, 
I guess Callahan said it was up to Monte and his health, whether he wanted to play or not. And he did, but it was weird. I got to be honest. I'm thinking, are we just going to pretend like none of that news just came out a couple of days ago? Yeah. And here's Monte on the yeah. field. Unfortunate events, but yeah. I don't know. It's just like one thing after another with this team. And it, and it really feels like the Trent Williams situation for me was rock bottom. Then the Monte Nicholson thing happens. Jay Gruden's been fired. They're one and nine. They haven't won a game at home. Uh, Dwayne Haskins is yelling at the O-line, who probably had one of their worst performances I've seen in a long time. I mean, they broke the touchdown streak, so yay, we can all celebrate that. But it's just, whew, there's there's not a lot to get excited about. Tickets at the lower level were 16 bucks. I mean, you used to practically have to kill someone to get a ticket at FedEx. Oh, yeah. And now... They're practically giving them away for free. In fact, fans would rather get paid to go to games than pay for it. You know, so it just yeah. it seems like this team is very far away. I don't even know where you go from here. It, it's very frustrating. The the whole fan base is just losing interest rapidly. I mean, what is your best advice in this situation? Mm. Wow. I mean, you know, a whole lot there, Aaron. Um, first, you know, the whole Monte. Uh, situation you know my heart goes out to that to that girl's family um you know that's that's tough and you know I thought the same thing when I watched you know when I was watching the game and I and I heard his name and I kind of you know I was doing something and I looked up and I was like what Monte's playing um because you know no matter what anyone says you know it affected him um you yeah. know it has to someone lost their life um, someone that you were hanging out with moments before, um, you know, that has to be tough. I've lost I a know. lot of loved ones in my life. And so uh, my heart goes out to her family, uh, Monte, uh, you know, but having, having been around this game and, you know, football for me was always a, uh, a place or a thing that no matter what was going on around me, no matter, you know, I, you know, I, I, you know, I had to bury my dad during a football season one time. Um, oh, I'm sorry. And, and 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 so football was always a place that I didn't have to think about anything else. I, I could think about football. Um, my brothers always had my back. Um, some knew what was going on. Obviously, Monte's situation was very public, so everyone in that locker room knew. Um, but it was always a place that guys kind of let you be unless you wanted to talk about it. You know how guys are. Guys don't yeah. necessarily pour out their emotions. Um, <laughs> you know, we're, we're not those type of type of creatures. But if, you know, if you want to talk, you definitely, you know, if you initiate, you know, you guys in the locker room would always have your back. Um, and so for me, I was a little bit shocked and surprised, but I could understand, um, you know, football could have been his therapy, you know, it, it, it you know, could have been his release, uh, you know, Brett Favre, when his father, you know, passed away, Brett came out and he wanted to play. He wanted to honor his dad because he said that's what his dad would want. Um, and, you know, he shed some tears through the course of that game. Brett did. And, you know, it, it was therapy for him. And so I, I don't know how Monte, you know, is handling this. I haven't even reached out to him um, because I haven't talked to him in, you know, in a little while. And I didn't want now team. to be. You know, I don't know. I didn't want now to be kind of, you know, something comes up and then I reach out. And so, um, you know, I wanted it to be more genuine and organic than that. Um, but, you know, my heart goes out to him. But I don't know who he talks to, um, Aaron. 
yeah. you know, DJ Swearinger was a guy who, you know, talked to a lot of guys. You know, he yeah. was hard on Montana in certain situations, maybe a little bit harder than he needed to be. Um, but DJ was always that tough love kind of guy. Um, and, I, you know, I know him and Monte had a good relationship. Uh, you know, I'm sure Fabian Monroe, who came in with Monte, has a good relationship with him. But I don't know directly, like, you know, who's that guy that he would lean on, uh, you know, in yeah. this situation. But hopefully those guys are hugging him up, man, because, you know, it was tough. You know, it, it, was, it was a tough thing to sit sit back and watch. Um, so I can only imagine him going through it, what he must have felt like. But, uh, you know, I can't be overcritical because, like I said, I've always kept this football field as a place that I could, no matter what was going on in my life, that I could just go play football, play this child's game, run around and have some fun. Yeah, that to me is a little more, you know, I mean, I get it. Strange in this whole situation than Monte wanting to play. Yeah, yeah, maybe they thought it would be a you know a distraction for him, like therapeutic um, for him. Yeah, yeah, but I, yeah, if I'm a head coach of this team. No, Monte, I don't care what you say. Take some time. Yeah. Take some time. Take some time, and and, and and just be with yourself. Be with your family. Um, you know, because I, I don't know what she meant to him. You know, I, yeah. I don't know what their relationship was fully. And so, as a coach, for me to want him out there, someone died. You yeah. know, I mean that. As a human being, that's going to affect anybody. Yeah, yeah. No, you're absolutely right. You know, sometimes as coaches and front office guys, we have to protect players, you know, from themselves. And I think this was a situation where, you know, the team should have stepped in and, and, you know, told Monte, nah, man, you know, I think it's best if you you don't play and you just, you know, take some time and just, you know, reflect on what transpired. Because like you said, Aaron, somebody, somebody lost their life and, that's 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 a tough one to, uh you know to have to deal with and go through so is this rock bottom for this redskins team in the offseason bruce allen uh was saying that he believes we're close and then they signed landon collins they draft dwayne haskins and i guess people thought i don't know what they thought but that was supposed to move the needle and they were supposed to be moving in the right direction and it it seems like it's been anything but that um even at training camp like fans weren't as excited about Dwayne haskins as they were about rg3 you know there there's just been a lack of excitement a lack of interest from the fan base what's what's your take on all of that you've been here through the good times and the bad times yeah um you know, you know the whole Dwayne Haskins uh, uh, drafting him. I think I, I, I think fans weren't as energized about that as maybe an RG is because they kind of knew Dwayne wasn't gonna play right away. I think the, the skins had kind of made that known uh, from the get go, especially you know during the course of training camp. Um, you know, I, I had always kind of felt like they wanted to go the route of the Giants and not play Dwayne at all. Uh, when I felt like it's totally two different situations. Eli's a Super Bowl winning, you know, uh, has won two Super Bowls as a quarterback, um, you know, was a number one draft pick for that team and had been there for four, 15, 16 years as opposed to Case Keenum, a guy we just brought over, um, you know, and Colt McCoy, a backup who we kind of always viewed as, you know, as a backup. But I think with Jay kind of having a personal relationship with Colt and kind of rooting for him, um, I think with Case really being probably the most savviest vet and then having Dwayne thrown in, who it seems was a pick that you, you know, that you, 
that 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 your ownership or you know some guys in the front office wanted, but not everyone was on board with. Uh, you know, it kind of made that situation just awkward from the get go. Uh, you know, Landon Collins is here. Let's be honest, because during the season last year, you cut a player who I thought was a really, really good player because he wanted to hold coaches accountable. Um, obviously, yeah. you know, you know, the way he handled it wasn't the right way, but you kind of had your foot in your mouth and you had to find a way out of it. So you go get Landon Collins, who great player. He's played great. Um, and so I, I didn't view those as deal breaking moves. I viewed those as, all right, this is where we're at. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I didn't think it moved the needle like you just said. Um, you know, I thought the plan, because we weren't a quarterback away, and even if we were, he wasn't gonna be, he wasn't gonna jump in right now and play. Um, so to me, my expectations were never out of this world. Um, you know, I expected this defense to be a whole lot better. Right. Um, you know, especially knowing that you had Greg Mineski on the hot seat last year and you decided to stay with him. Yeah, and even knowing, Aaron, that I could have been a part of this coaching staff <laughs> as a DB coach, I'd have been pulling my damn hair out. <laughs> like, that would have been a rough first year as a head coach. So everything happens for a reason. Again, oh, my y'all. goodness. Thank you, Jesus. That's probably why I don't want to coach now, Aaron. God was probably um, looking out for you like, no, oh, that he was absolutely not your was. time. <laughs> That's why I know for sure I want to be a front office guy because I want to help pick these players. I mean, we can find so some maybe, coaches to coach them up, but the problem is in who picks these players and really finding the right ones for maybe the scheme you're trying to run. Blood. Maybe they need some young blood and a fresh mind like yours. Like, I know I'll tell you're close you what, to Bruce. I'm, I know you're I'm gonna close put to my Bruce. job application on LinkedIn or something and let them know. I'm, I'm, looking, for, I'm looking for a front office gig why over there in Washington, man. I think I can help them. Slide them your resume. <laughs> I, might, I might have to do that, Aaron. Y'all might have to make you my agent. <laughs> all right. I'll be there for all of that. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think, listen, I've brought it up to you before. I think they need a traditional GM or they need something. They need an overhaul. The culture is not as good as they think it is. Um, yeah, and, I, and the leadership uh-huh. needs a change. And I, I don't know. I mean, there needs to be a lot fixed around there and I don't feel like they're close. Yeah, I mean, you know, you just really need to have the pulse of the locker room. Um, you know, anytime you're dealing with all different men from different backgrounds and different uh, views on everything, um, you know, you have to be able to get everybody on the same page to try to but, win a football game. But that's where they and, miss and, people and like that's the you. culture. Yeah, yeah, but they miss I mean, that they, veteran yeah, it ain't even it ain't me, but yeah, the veteran presence. You know, that's why that's why ultimately I thought, you know, you pay Trent Williams because if he's there, the culture and the atmosphere, and like I said, he is the most talented player on this team. And when you see him work in practice, you would think he was the bummest, the weakest player, because he goes hard. He makes everyone around him better. Their O line doesn't want to let him down. They answer to him. Um, I can just remember sitting down talking to him a couple weeks ago um, and, and he's like, man, you know, I miss being around the guys, just little things that, you know, I used to tell him, you know, and, and we were reminiscing about how Morgan Moses was before, you know, Trent really took him under his wing, you know, how Brandon Sheriff was before Trent really took him under his wing and just how they grew and developed and what Jaron Christian could, could be, um, you know, with Trent constantly in his ear, teaching them little, you know, little secrets uh, and just what he demands out of out of that group, um, 
you know, you know, we, we you know, we were just reminiscing of what could have been. And Man, that's why now we you're pay a guy like Trent. That he's gone. <laughs> you know, am, but 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 that's why you bite the bullet because they're they're, they're you know, my coaches always told me there's rule 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 guys and guideline guys. And he was saying that to one of the young players, saying, "Hey, look." D. Hall can walk out this meeting and not come back. And I ain't going to say nothing to him because I know what I got in D. Hall. He has money in my emotional bank account. I've done things with D. Hall. We've been in games. I've seen him react. I know what he's going to do. Dude, I don't know you. Yeah, they brought you in and drafted you, but I don't know you. So, yeah, no, you can't do that. No, you can't do this. If I'm teaching something, you do it exactly how I say it until you can show me that I can give you a little bit of rope. Until I can trust you, um, and so that's what that's what Trent is when it comes to should I pay them? Hell yeah, I pay him. I pay him. I figure out what's the problem because whatever he's uh, 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 reiterating to me, I'm pretty sure eighty five to ninety percent of that locker room feels the same way. Right. Like Morgan Moses said, finally somebody said something when Trent had, had made his first uh, stance during training camp, and so. I try to keep that heartbeat in my locker room as, as a as a front office guy. And 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 yeah, it's gonna rub some guys the wrong way. And other guys are gonna wanna be paid when they're disgruntled, but I'm gonna let them know. Are you a first ballot Hall of Famer? Are you my seven time uh 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 pro bowler who should have been probably at least a four or five time all pro, but we can't win enough games to get them to all pro votes? Um if you aren't him. Then yeah, I'm sorry, can't pay you. If yeah. you him, absolutely, I'm gonna do what I I'm gonna do what I can to keep good players around because like Coach Saban, he's killing people in Alabama. I not not literally killing people, but beating down on teams yeah. in Alabama. Yeah. It's because he got five stars up and down that roster. I don't care how great a coach he is. Go give him the roster at uh at one of these Division One AA schools or one of these smaller Division One schools and see if he wins as many games. Give him Vanderbilt mm-hmm. roster. I don't care how good a coach he is. He ain't gonna win as many games. And so you need good you need great players to win games. And but what about Bill Belichick? If you're a great he got he got the greatest player. Right. He got the greatest player. But by he an doesn't end. always have the best players and he's still able to get the most out of them. He got he got is is that culture too? Is that culture yeah. kind of married with Bill's brilliance as a coach? And Bill Bill is a master motivator. And some guys motivate through fear. Some guys motivate through camaraderie. I mean, it's it's different ways to do it. I think Bill they they, they are fear, fearful of Bill Belichick in New England players. Absolutely. Do you want to go to uh, you know? Uh, 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 Andrew Hawkins. You know he, he. You know he's one of my co-hosts on on one of the shows on on, on uh, NFL Network. Yeah. And uh, you know he was telling me he was in New England for a couple of weeks, and he was just like, "Man, hey, hey, look, I'm 31 years old, man. Like, I, I like football, but I don't love it like I used to. You gotta <laughs> love football to be in New England because they demand they demand oh, you to be." If you are th- no matter if you're a ten year vet or a rookie, they demand a lot from you in practice, uh, speed wise, going as hard as you can. I and love that. When you get when you get older, though, you understand how to play, how to protect your body, and you ain't bought that life. <laughs> everybody in New England, because they see the greatest of all time, and Tom Brady do it. He put them pass on every day when they got a hit. He in there. Hey, when when they see him do it. 
they fall they fall in line and they do it too. Like who am I to say I'm not I don't want to do that when Tom Brady don't open his mouth when it comes to complaining. He just straps it up and gets ready to roll. So that's a little bit different in New England. But anywhere else, you got to have great players. New England has a heck of a system. Um, and they're able to rely on that system. They got damn good players too, um, but they got a heck of a system in place, and they believe in that system above anything else. Um, but they 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 have gotten great players. Let's not kid ourselves and say no, they don't I have don't. great players. They got really good players. Let's see how many Pro Bowlers they have um, at the end of the season. I guarantee it's more than is more than eight. Mm. Because okay. I can name about five or six on that defense <laughs> that I'm like, oh. All right, so up next, the 3-6-1 and one Detroit Lions come to FedEx Field. Um, for the fan base, the Redskins fans fan base, we want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We want to thank you for subscribing. Thank you to subscribing to The Athletic as well. I know it's been a rough season, but hang in there. Things are bound to swing the other way eventually, right, Deal. <laughs> I hope so, Aaron. Shoot. And hire me. We'll get that thing going. Let's go. All right. So first order of business, when you get back to town, you got to talk to Bruce, okay? All right. We're going to set that up. <laughs> All right. Uh, and we will be talking to our subscribers later in the week as we prepare for the Lions. Lions at Skins, 1 o'clock at FedEx Field. Week 12 is here. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. D-Hall, you're the best. See you later. All right, Aaron. Hall and Hall, out. <laughs>